monster is a mirror, and when we look at him, we look into our own hidden faces, meditate on this at second level. Is this life reality? No. It is a film. The television screen is the retina of the mind's eye. Therefore, the television screen is part of the physical structure of the brain. Here is the hair I've lost in the past three months. Take it. It belongs to you. You will know why one day. That's fucking crazy, man. Welcome to Weird Movie Club. I am the leg and I sound like this. Today's movie is Barbarella and now your host Anil and Siri. Hello strange seekers and welcome to Weird Movie Club. I'm Dildano Wishes and with me as always is... It's Siri! So today Siri and I are a little bit worse for wear because we recently started playing Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. We're trying to get in shape but <laughs> actually it's making us somehow worse. Yeah. Itai. Yeah. Painful. Perhaps instead of playing Ring Fit Adventure we should have been doing the Jane Fonda workout. What's that? Well, Jane Fonda is an actress that's going to be in the movie we oh, watched today. Yes, yes. Barbarella. Barbarella is one of my favorite movies. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. It's a bit of a sexy movie. Mm. Did you notice that I introduced myself as Dildano Wishes? Yeah, I thought you called yourself some weird name. Yeah, that's a character in the movie. Was it? Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, I think you're in for a real treat. It's a sexy science fiction movie from the 60s starring Academy Award winning actress, environmentalist, and philanthropist Jane Fonda. So let's give it a watch and we will see you after the break. Yay! Meet the most beautiful creature of the future. Her name is Barbarella, and she makes science fiction something else. Jane Fonda is Barbarella. All right, we are back from watching Barbarella, one of my favorite movies and truly a guilty pleasure for me. But what did you think of the movie, Sari? It wasn't guilty pleasure to me. Oh. It was sexy. It's sexy, yeah. Yeah. But did you enjoy the movie? Yeah, I did. It's a weird movie, isn't it? It's super weird and fun. It's fun, right? It's, yeah. The visuals I really love in this movie. They're so over the top. You know, nothing in this movie feels like it's from the real world. Yeah, but I didn't feel guilty watching it. Oh, I just meant a lot of people, you know, think it's wrong to enjoy a sexy movie like this so much. So it's, you know, a guilty <laughs> pleasure. I see. For those of you who haven't seen Barbara, or for those of you who just need a reminder, here is my synopsis of what happened in the movie. It is the year 40,000. Oh. There is no more war. Sexual pleasure is derived from pills and meditation. And there's shag carpeting covering everything. Everything is real groovy. However, a scientist named Duran Durand is rumored to be building a weapon in a more primitive part of the universe, the Tau Ceti star system. So Barbarella, a sexy astronaut, an adventurer is sent by the president of Earth to find him. Right. Find Duran Durand and use all of your incomparable talents to preserve the security of the stars and our own mother planet. Her spaceship crash lands on the icy surface of Planet 16, where she meets a pair of twin girls who speak in a strange language. Mm. They knock her out and they bring her to a cave full of evil twin children using a sled pulled by a manta ray. Right. That manta ray was cool. The evil twin children, and we all know that twins were scary, you know, from The Shining. <laughs> they attack her using robot dolls that have sharp teeth and bite. They're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Suddenly, Barbarella is rescued just in time by a guy named Mark Hand, the Catchman. I am Mark Hand, the Catchman. He is a manly and hairy man who wears a furry <laughs> suit, but is just as furry underneath the suit. <laughs> On this planet, children have to live alone in the forest until they are old enough and evil enough to be useful. And then he catches them and brings 
brings him to the city. He gives her a ride back to her spaceship in his wind-powered sled that has kind of penis-shaped sails. And on the way, she asks if there's anything she can do to thank him for saving her life. And he says, yes, I would like to make love. I'm positive I could get you some sort of recompense from my government. I mean, if, if there's anything you need or that I can do, please tell me. Well, you could let me make love to you. Make love, did you say? Yes. What do you mean? You don't even know my psychocardiogram. So Barbarella's like, okay, I'll get my pills and we can touch hands. He says, no, I want to do it the old-fashioned way. And she's shocked. She's like, nobody's done that for centuries. I mean, nobody except the very poor who can't afford the pills and the psychocardiogram readings. Why not? Because it was proved to be distracting and a danger to maximum efficiency. And because it was pointless to continue it when other substitutes for ego support and self-esteem were made available. But <sighs> she agrees. And it turns out that she likes it a lot. Yeah. So much that she sings her own theme song after. Afterwards. <laughs> it's kind of how you can tell whether Barbarella has enjoyed sex or not is if she sings her own theme song afterwards. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. So she goes back to her spaceship, which somehow got repaired in reverse, so it goes down instead of up and drills through the core of the planet. Right. It surfaces in a labyrinth where she meets an angel, Pygar. I'm Pygar, the last of the Ornithanthropes. He's a blind angel, and he takes her to meet Professor Ping, who can help fix her spaceship. Mm. And Professor Ping is played by Marcel Marceau, but we'll talk about that later. The labyrinth is full of all these poor people who are dying of weird diseases, like they're stuck in rocks oh, or they're yeah, fading away. They were all sent there as punishment for not being evil. She asks Pygar if he can fly her to the city of Sogo, but he's lost the will to fly. Somehow he needs to be cheered up. How could she possibly... She has sex with him. Yeah. And that gives him the ability to fly again. Of course. <laughs> so then he flies her to Sogo, which is full of all kinds of hooligans and scoundrels. It's an evil place. They get separated and some men try to attack Barbarella. But they're killed by a woman wearing an eye patch. This really badass woman who talks weird and she has these knives in there. She's like... Whoosh, 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 with the knives. <laughs> and, and she's like, ooh, pretty, pretty. I want you. You're very pretty, pretty, pretty. My name isn't pretty pretty, it's Barbarella. But Barbarella's like, uh, no thanks, I gotta go find the blind angel. So she runs to go find Pygar, and Pygar is being harassed by a mob of hooligans. So Barbarella suggests they duck into a room that she sees. But, uh-oh, that room turns out to be the Chamber of Ultimate Solutions, where you must choose from different deaths as a sacrifice to Mathos. <laughs> Mathos is a living entity who's made of liquid, and he lives under the city. He gives the people of the city life and energy, but requires everyone to be evil because he feeds off of evil energy. It is magnetic and being positively charged it feeds on negative psychic vibrations <laughs> what you would call evil just as they're about to be killed in the chamber, Barbarella and Pygar are rescued by the concierge of the Great Triant. The Great Triant is the person who's in charge of the city. He takes Barbarella to see the Great Tyrant and ruler of Sogo, and it turns out that it's that woman from the earlier, except her eye is fine. She was just pretending to have a bad eye so she could walk among her people. And also, the twins from the forest are there, and it turns out they're her nieces. But that's not really important to the story. It never comes up again. The Tyrant sentences Barbarella to be killed by putting her in a dome home full of budgies. Budgies are these cute little birds. <laughs> right as she's about to get killed by birds, Barbarella falls down a tube and is rescued by a guy named Dildano, the leader of the resistance against the tyrant. I'm Dildano, head of the revolutionary forces. This is our headquarters. Mm. Barbarella says, okay, you saved my life. So would you like sex? And he's like, yes, but I don't want it the primitive way. I want to try the pills. So they do that. So yes. she didn't enjoy? She didn't Sing. She didn't sing afterwards, no. And mm. also she kind of finished early and then yeah. she realized that he was still going and then yeah, she had she to said, like... I'm sorry, that's rude. I'm... Yeah, and she <laughs> kind of faked it for the rest of the way. Right. So on her way to see the great tyrant, she runs into the queen's consort, who she realizes is actually Duran Durand, the guy she's been looking for. And he's evil. He puts her into a machine that kills people with pleasure. Yeah. The excessive machine. The weird piano organ thing. It's like a piano that he plays <laughs> to push her buttons. However, Barbarella's tolerance for pleasure is so high that the machine explodes. <laughs> Dran Dran is like, what? It can't be. You've exhausted its power. It couldn't keep up with you. What kind of girl are you? 
Have you no shame? And then he reveals his plan. He actually wants to seize power away from the tyrant so that he can rule Sogo. And Barbarella says, oh, I have the invisible key. So they go to the chamber and he tricks her and locks her in with the queen. And there's no way for them to get out because he has the key and he starts to take over Sogo. And when the queen wakes up, she realizes what's been done. And she says, well, I have one last thing. I can get revenge by releasing Mathos and destroying everything, including the city, which should also kill Barbarella mm. and the queen too. But what happens is that Barbarella is so good that the evil of Mathos can't touch her and it just forms a bubble around them. They're protected by her goodness. It seems the Mathmus has created this bubble to protect itself from your innocence. That's nice. So they escape, meet up with Pygar, who picks them up and rescues Barbarella and the evil queen. Barbarella says, why did you save her too? And he says, an angel has no memory. And that's my summary of Barbarella, a classic science fiction film. You got so enthusiastic about it. Well, I love this movie. Uh, compared to the last one, the children of where you were like having trouble. Well, the last movie was a lot more difficult to explain. Yeah. You know, Sari and I created a hit shadow puppet show, if you can believe that there is such a thing as hit shadow puppet <laughs> shows, called Space Hippo. And the poster of Space Hippo based the layout, that poster, off of the poster of Barbarella. Right, you made Yoko do that. Yes, Yoko is the artist. I didn't draw it. I just asked her, please make it look like the poster for Barbarella, and she did. <laughs> yeah. Because it's basically the same story. Is except it? instead of Barbarella, it's a hippo. Yeah, and, and it's in- less sexy. In- instead of an angel, there's a guy named Lizard Man. Right. It is quite a bit less sexy. Yeah, and there's no costume change. So yeah, this movie does have a lot of costume changes. Yeah. And all of the costumes are super cool and groovy and sexy. Super cool. What did you think of the costumes? Oh, I loved it. It reminds me of Ursay Yatsura, but I know Ursay Yatsura's later, so maybe, maybe, you know, kind of 70s and 80s science fiction sexy comical mangas might be influenced by Barbarella. It's definitely possible. Yeah. How many different outfits do you think Barbarella wore in this movie? Oh, let me count. Oh, yeah, the first scene was also really outstanding. Outstanding. The very beginning. Well, the first scene starts with her wearing a spacesuit, and you don't know who's in it, and then she does a sexy striptease. Yeah, yeah. That's her first outfit. Right. You know, this was before CGI and everything, but she's in zero gravity. Yeah. How do you think they did that special effect? I thought she was just lying. But she was in the air. Maybe uh, underwater? You're close. They basically made a picture of her spaceship huh. and put it underneath her, and then between her and that picture was a piece of plexiglass that she lied on, and that's what made her look like she was floating. Then my first guess was correct. She was lying. Yeah, um, but she wasn't lying on the ground. She was lying on plexiglass. Is that what you had in your mind? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but Transparent you know. glass. So in total, Barbarella wears nine different outfits in the movie. Wow, I thought it would be four or five, but nine. Yeah, and some of them she wears for only a short amount of time, like... The uh, fur. The fur has a long tail, which she keeps getting stuck in doors <laughs> and things, and right. so she takes it off almost immediately. And... Oh yeah, and then there's one time she was changing and she didn't like the... T- no, that was she was just fitting. I mean, I don't know if she likes any of her outfits that much, because she changes really quick. I did notice, and I I don't remember noticing this before, but there's one outfit that she gets, which they say is a uniform of the revolution. Do you have anything I can... Uh, Of course, one of our secret uniforms. Thank you. He's like, I'm going to lend you a revolutionary uniform. And it's a uniform that just has one breast sticking out. (sighs) Like a plastic fake one. Not her actual breast. And I don't see any of the other rebel soldiers wearing it, even though (laughs) it's supposed to be a uniform. And she looks noticeably uncomfortable. She's like constantly grabbing that thing and repositioning Mm. it. I'm guessing she probably couldn't wait to get out of that particular costume. And I don't know if it's her character that's uncomfortable or if it's the actual actress or probably both yeah did look uncomfortable Mm. so what other thoughts do you have about this film i don't know just really fun yeah it is fun it has like lots of funny moments and really fun dialogue yeah and uh i liked the lightness yeah a lot of movies we watch are a bit dark or serious and this was just kind of like a fun movie yeah but also you know the movie is kind of going to a more like entertaining one but the actual stuff they are doing like story-wise, plot-wise, it can be really dark mm. and cruel, but because of how they show it and the character, like they don't seem 
to care too much and just story going toward like they're like bunch of guys like she helps and in return they want to have sex basically mm. and if it was like maybe contemporary movie there would be like some struggle between the, those people I just thought it's very sexually light yeah the sex isn't taken very serious yeah and also those like you know she kind of get tortured but she's fine she does go through some pain obviously the machine that tries to hurt her with pleasure doesn't hurt her very much but she is attacked by birds and, and the doors the dolls bite her yeah she is physically hurt quite often yeah yeah it is true but you know Barbarella's not just a sex symbol she is an action hero and even though she comes from a time where there's no weapons she learns how to use the weapons and she has to fight against evil for love right the thing about Barbarella is that she's very innocent yeah so she has sex with all these guys but it comes from like a real place of innocence and she's a bit like Pollyanna every single person she meets she's like hey how are you she never assumes that anybody's bad she always thinks of the best when she's meeting people she's very optimistic like when she first meets the twins they're clearly evil but she's like oh hello what marvelous little children you are what marvelous little girls you know, right. she just wants to be happy and friends with everyone. It's like she's so innocent and good that she can't even imagine that anyone would want to take advantage of her. Right. So when guys ask her for sex, she's just like kind of trusting and like, oh, okay, sure. So yeah, I like that lightness. It's something you don't see anymore. And I think you definitely couldn't get away with making a movie like Barbarella today. No, I think more like current shows or movies, they more focus on like pain. You know, like if somebody is hurt, they really show the character being really hot. Yeah. Um, like, you know, any medium, like, I noticed in, like, anime and manga and, like, movies, even, like, you know, Marvel movies, but this one, it's, like, I like that they don't really focus on that because it's not ne- necessary if they want to make a choice where showing pain is not necessary. I think it's, it should be acceptable. The violence in this movie is very cartoony. You know, she gets hurt and you, we do see her bleed a little bit, but generally, all that really happens to her is her clothes get destroyed and then when she changes her outfit she's completely fine again yeah it's like every time she changes her clothes she's like completely getting her health back and all her injuries are gone right i will say that i did hear that the actress however did get some injuries making this movie oh no by birds well apparently those birds they weren't dangerous at all Mm. but and this is a story from roger ebert roger ebert's a famous film critic Mm -hmm. and apparently he went to the set of the movie and he said that the problem with that bird scene Mm. is that the birds were just pooping over everything. Oh. There was so much poop and they were constantly having to clean up bird poop and apparently Jane Fonda got sick from all the bird poop and she got a fever and had to go to the hospital. Uh, Also, in the scene where she was going through the tube, Mm. I think it rubbed against her skin and she got kind of badly hurt from that. All right, because, yeah, there's one tube where, like, she has to go forward, you know, instead of, like, you know, from her head. Right. Yeah. Because she goes through several tubes and I don't know which part she actually got injured, but you can imagine that having a skimpy outfit on with a lot of skin showing and having it rub against plastic. Right. And who knows how many takes they had to get. It's probably very unpleasant. Right. And there's, like, there are a lot of scenes with rocks and sand where she's not protected. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Although the rocks and sand, well, the rocks are probably fake. They're probably made out of styrofoam. Yeah. The sounds are painful. So this movie was based off of a comic book by a French guy named Jean-Claude Forrest. Mm. And I read the comic book fairly recently. And the story is pretty similar. There are some changes. Barbarella is a lot less naive in the comic book than she was in the movie. And I actually think it might have been Jane Fonda's idea to play Barbarella from A Place of Innocence. Mm. Jane Fonda is so delightful. She's like so cute and funny. I guess you don't know who she is and you've never seen her in a movie before. No. But what did you think of her and her performance? I really liked her. Yeah, like you'd say, delightful. Yeah, she's just so cute and funny and the way she delivers lines and reacts to things, just like little things like a face she makes when she has to drink something that tastes bad or there's a scene where there's a bunch of women smoking a hookah pipe with a guy trapped inside and she's like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're smoking essence of man. What is it? Essence of man. Essence of man? Yeah. And she tries it and she just kind of raises her eyebrows like, hmm, not bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. 
You know, just like little funny moments like that. Yeah, I like the choice where she's just really, you know, cute and, yeah, like innocent. Yeah. And she's just kind of pure goodness. The comic strip's a little bit darker. There's some changes, but overall it's the same. I went through the comic strip again today and the line of dialogue, there's a line where the evil queen is trying to seduce Pygar and she asks him something like, oh, did you enjoy it when you and Barbarella were making love? And he said, an angel doesn't make love. An angel is love. Tell me, my fine feathered friend, what do you think of when you make love to Barbarella? An angel doesn't make love, an angel is love. That line, as far as I can tell, is not in the comic strip. Oh, really? That line was the most memorable line to me in the entire movie. Mm. But the line at the end where Barbarella says, why did you rescue her? And he says, angels have no memory. What did you save her for after all the terrible things she's done to you? An angel has no memory. That's the exact actual line that the comic book ends on. Oh. And it does seem like those two lines are connected. Yeah. Although one line's not in the comic book and one line... I yeah. think that last line became kind of significant because of the line of you know, angel is love. Yeah. To me, at least. So this movie has a lot of biblical references in it. Oh, yeah? Even though it's kind of a sexy movie and it was made in the groovy 60s, you know, the height of sexual liberation, there's a real good versus evil thing about it. Mm. Mathos, pure evil. And the city Sogo, mm. the way they got the name is it's actually Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, I so see. Sogo. Do you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? It's I a, do. Oh, you do? Yeah. I didn't know that you knew a lot about Judeo-Christian yeah, stories. Yeah, it's a famous story, even... Maybe Japanese, like, non-Christian knows. Professor Ping. Right. A small but important role. He fixed Barbarella's spaceship. Right. Professor Ping was played by Marcel Marceau. Does that name sound familiar to you? No. Well, Marcel Marceau is the most famous mime ever. And this movie was a big deal for him because people weren't used to seeing him talk because he's a mime. Oh. He didn't mime in the movie. No, he just had a speaking role. Right. However, the director wasn't happy with his voice, so they dubbed over all of his lines. What? Yeah. Aww. So Marcel Marceau actually didn't speak in the movie. He was dubbed in by an actor named Robert Reedy. Oh no, that must really cool his role. I don't know, it's just really neat that the most famous mime, super well-respected physical performer, was in the movie Barbarella. Right, but he didn't really show his talent in the movie. Well, he, he moves around, he fixes a spaceship. There's a there's <laughs> a scene where he's knocking on the spaceship and there's cartoony boing sounds coming out. It's true, he, it would have been nice if he had been able to use his talent a bit more, but it's still neat that he's in it. Mm. Let's talk about Jane Fonda, you know. The elephant in the room. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I think people who watch this movie aren't familiar with this movie are surprised that Jane Fonda's in a movie like this. Mm. Jane Fonda seems so perfect for this role. Like, I can't imagine anybody besides Jane Fonda playing Barbarella. Like, she's so pretty and cool. and But she actually wasn't the first choice for the role. There were three different actresses who turned down the role. Oh. Verna Lisi, she actually was under contract and she, like, quit because they wanted to force her to to play Barbarella, Bridget Bardot, Sophia Loren, they all turned down the role because it was too sexy. Oh. Jane Fonda was not the first choice, but she was married to the director of the movie, Roger Vadim. So he was like, all right, I'll put my wife in the movie after oh. trying to get all these ac other actresses. And of course, she turned out to be absolutely perfect. Was she famous before that movie? She was. She was mm. considered to be a huge sex symbol and she was in lots of movies. And her dad, her dad was also an extremely famous actor, Henry Fonda. He was like a classic famous screen actor. Mm. So she kind of was born into fame. Mm. You know, in the film, people speak different languages and she has this thing on her wrist called a tongue box, which can translate to different languages. Yeah. But it takes some time. So in the meantime, she always asks people, parlez-vous français? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Parlez-vous français? Jane Fonda, you know, her husband was French. She actually speaks fluent French. Oh, cool. In fact, when they dubbed this movie into French, oh. 
She did the voice herself. Oh, really? She did all of her own lines in French. Ah, that's cool. How? What did they do with the parlez-vous français? Maybe they changed the line to parlez-vous anglais. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always wonder what they do for you know movies like that. Yeah, maybe change to English or I don't know Spanish. Well, I think Jane Fonda is the coolest. Jane Fonda is still alive. She's 83 years old. Wow. She's been nominated for dozens of Academy Awards and won two Best Actress Awards, Best wow. Leading Actress Awards. Big deal. Academy Awards. One for a movie called Coming Home and one for this movie, Barbarella. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> right. It was a movie called Clute. She's won two BAFTA Awards, seven Golden Globes, a Primetime Emmy Award, an American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award. She's been entered into the Women's Hall of Fame. She's an environmentalist, a political activist. Oh. Even now, at the age of 83, she regularly gets arrested going to like protests. She was arrested like several days in a row during the whole Black Lives Matter thing this summer. Oh, wow. She's like the kind of person who really goes out of her way to change the world. Wow. She's, yeah, she's super badass. Wow. She In uh, the 80s, she became famous not just for being an actress, but she created a workout video. She was like kind of the first actress actress ever to make a workout video. Oh, that's why you made fun, made a joke about it. About aerobics, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you made up. No, she had a workout album, which my mom had when I was a kid. Oh. And she apparently created that workout album so that women who weren't working could get fit on their own because, you know, women were kind of afraid to go to gyms back then so that they could, you know, get some strength. It was like she actually did it as part of her cause to help women empower themselves. It was a feminist statement, her aerobic albums. And I think she also probably made like a ton of money off of it, too. Mm. Everybody had the Jane Fonda workout album in the 80s. Stand with your feet a little more than hip distance apart. Stomach tight, buttock. Pulled in, pull out of your torso, and head right to and back to left. Stretch it out front and to the right. Even Miss Piggy did a parody oh. album. It was just completely making fun of Jane Fonda's album. It was wow. called Snacksercise. You do not have to strain yourself to keep fit. I maintain my dynamite figure with a daily aerobic workout. Now you go to your refrigerator and get your exercise equipment and get ready to... Sexercise! Have I seen that? I think I have a copy of it in Canada. Don't remember if I played it for you or not. When I was watching this movie today, and I've never heard anybody say this, so people might think I'm crazy, but when Pygar is flying over the labyrinth, there's a forced perspective shot of the labyrinth with a city in the middle. Mm. It looks a lot like the labyrinth in the movie that Jim Henson directed, Labyrinth. Oh! It really looks like Jim Henson was inspired by Barbarella. Oh! Now, is it crazy to think that Jim Henson would be inspired by a sexy movie when he was somebody who a lot of people think just made stuff for Sesame Street and children? Well, the Muppet song Mana Mana, mm. which is famously a, a Muppet song, didn't actually originate with the Muppets. Right. Mana Mana was actually originally created as part of the soundtrack for a sexy Swedish movie, a softcore sex film. <laughs> the song Mana Mana was composed by Pierrot Umilani for a movie called Svezia Inferno e Paradiso or Sweden Heaven and Hell which is sort of a movie about all the sexy things that happen in Sweden like saunas where women are nude oh Jim Henson somehow found that music and did that as a Muppet bit on the Ed Sullivan show. And now <laughs> Mana Mana is one of the most famous Muppet bits. Right. So if that's possible, maybe it's possible that Jim Henson might have been a fan of Barbarella. I don't know. I'm just theorizing. Yeah, I guess it's possible. There's no way to prove me wrong mm. or right. So, you know, this movie came out before Star Wars. Oh. When, when, is, when was this movie? 1968. 68 on when it was Star Wars. 1977, I think. 77? Yeah. Oh. This was also the first movie with a female leading character based off of a comic book. Nobody had ever mm. done it before. And after Star Wars became popular, they actually re-released the movie with all the nudity cut out of the film in order to try to, like, make money off 
of it again because Star Wars was so popular. They're like, hey, here's another movie like Star Wars. It's Barbarella. Mm. Not quite the same, but <laughs> in many, my personal feeling is that this movie's better than Star Wars. I think Barbarella yeah. is superior to Star Wars. It's just my personal preference. Yeah, I personally agree, but you know. <laughs> I just love all the texture in the future. I love the spaceship that she has with shag carpeting. Yeah, I really like all the designs of everything in a costume and a spaceship moves like a really weird way. It moves almost the way a model being held up by a piece of string would move. <laughs> kind yeah. of moves like that. I mean like this some like side thing like a window or something like oh, kind oh. of wind. It has these kind of nodules that inflate with air when it goes up. Yeah. That, that movement was really kind of organic. It's an interesting design. Yeah. And of course you know in Star Wars all the spaceships are like really cold and like industrial but in this movie her spaceship is so warm and cozy and it just makes you want to roll around naked which she does <laughs> right. and it even has artwork her spaceship door is of course a very famous painting a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte 1884 by George Seurat I'm sorry I'm butchering the name so much but okay. of course that painting's very famous for being like the painting from the musical Sunday in the Park with George mm. and also it's a painting that you can unlock in the game Animal Crossing. Okay. You're just throwing your favorite game to the podcast now. Well, it used to be my favorite game. Now my favorite game is Ring Fit Adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything is like so beautiful and cool and weird. And it's funny too. You know, it has some... It's comical. Yeah. In a way, you know, I really like the design of the control area of the spaceship. Where like, you know, you would imagine it's more like kind of computery, like machinery, but it's actually some like, I don't know, it's the design's really weird. And she was, she was sent because she is like really good astronaut but, and pilot, but she was just hitting and like. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks a bit like a mini piano too, as well, that kind of navigation panel. Mm. And then of course her spaceship flies on autopilot most of the time. Yeah. While she sleeps. Yeah. So she doesn't actually have to do a lot of piloting. No, but she to manual, but she couldn't figure out how to fix the That's the true. Ship. But if you are going to send someone on a mission, it's got to be Barbarella. I mean, who else would you send? If you were the president of Earth. Earth, the <laughs> planet of revolutions. That's what they say. At one right. point, there's a line where somebody says that. Earth, planet of the revolutions. I also love that in the scene with Dildano, mm. you know, in the movie, everything's like kind of props and some of them are a bit cheap looking. Like this movie didn't have a big budget, but they worked the best they had to make it look beautiful. But in that scene, mm. he has all these props like machines and stuff and he keeps trying to use them and none of them work because they're just props and they break and stuff. Right. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and people like expect uh. they're going to get sucked up by a tube and he's like, no, use, use the door. Use the door. <laughs> the door, the door, the door. Yeah. It's very funny. So um, there's there's a password that oh, yeah. they use. The long password. It's a long password right. that the revolution uses so they can identify each other. Mm. Do you remember what that password is? No, I can't I can't even say it e- e- even if there's the letter. You don't remember? Because they do say it several times in the movie. It's too long and gibberish. It's clan for Pol Gwyn, Gilgo, Gerlock, Win, Drabul, clan, Twy, Silio, Go, Go, Go. But I might be pronouncing it wrong. And our password will be clan fire, Puthkin, with Golgeric, Win, Drabul, Leclan, de Silio, Go, Go, Go. You mean the secret clan fire, Pugwendik, Golgeric, Win, Drabul, Leclan, de Silio, Go, Go, Go? Exactly. It's actually not gibberish. No? It's actually the name of a real town in Wales. What? It's the longest place name in what? the United Kingdom. Oh, I just accidentally installed it. The town. I'm sorry. Well, I think they're famous for their name being like really long and crazy. And to read it just now, I had to check a pronunciation guide because if you look at how it's spelt, it's even harder to like figure out how it's read. Right. Uh, so go, 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 pal, it's also the name? Yeah. Oh, I thought go, 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 it's kind of separate. No, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm probably mispronouncing it. You know what? I'll just insert a clip that I steal off the internet of somebody pronouncing it so we know how it sound. That's a good idea. This song will teach you how to say it. Some real version. I wish I could also spell this word for you, but it would take me too long. It's like 
it's like an entire novel how long the spelling is. It's like L L A N F A I R P W L L G W. It's the it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't even look like something that's possible to read. But I guess yeah, that's but un- now that's the name of the town. Yeah, you know. Ah, like, uh, I wish we could go there visit there once. After the pandemic, we should go visit Clan for Polguin Gilgogar Lockwin Drabble Clan Twice Silio Go Go Go. Yay! I think it'd be fun if anybody out there is listening to the podcast. Podcast from Clan for Polguin Gogar Lockwin Drabble Clan Twice Silio Go Go Go. Please uh, send us a message and let us know what it's like to live in Clan for Polguin Gil Gogar Lockwin Drabble Clan Twice Silio Go Go Go. Oh, you're reading it faster now. Good job. I, yeah, except I'm sure I left out seven or eight syllables oh, you, there. Oh, you missed some. Yeah. Have you heard of a band, Sari, from the 80s called Duran Duran? Yeah, yeah, I was wondering. They had such hits as Hungry Like the Wolf and Ordinary World and Rio, all favorites of mine when we go to karaoke. Right. And that band, of course, named themselves after the character in this movie. Wow, so the character first, and yeah. then Duran Duran, the yeah. band. The thing is, though, that the character in the movie is Durand Durand with a D at the end, and the band's name is Duran Duran without the D. So I, I oh. kind of, like many bands, they spelt the name of their band wrong. But that's common, you know, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, it's, it's none of them know how to spell. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's intentional. I really like visual effect where Barbarella got into the chamber of dream. Yeah. It's a bit psychedelic, and it, it's a bit like something we would try to do in Shadow. It's yeah. very psychedelic. And the same effect is used when she's flying through space. Yeah. A lot of space movies, starting with Star Wars, and then kind of everybody copied Star Wars, is you just have some like lights and maybe they kind of turn into lines when you fly through them. But I believe, and I don't know for sure, but just based on what I can tell, it looks like they filmed a liquid light show using OHPs. Mm. I think now the liquid light show obviously isn't live. They're not doing it during the film. But I think what they did is they used rear projection. So they filmed it with a movie camera. And then I think they projected it onto the background of the Chamber of Dreams as well as when she's flying the spaceship and it's a liquid light show and it's totally groovy and psychedelic. So that was the OHP. I think they did use an OHP. It's possible that they just shot the liquid directly with the camera with some light. They could have done it that way too. But it's still the same as an overhead projector liquid light show. For those of you too young to remember, overhead projectors were these things used in schools to have presentations the teacher would write on a piece of plastic and then it would be projected via lens onto a screen but then people figured out hey if we take a bowl full of water and put in some oil paints and put some glass over we can make something really psychedelic and freaky man Mm. and that's how grooviness was born a lot of people think that it has to do with like lsd or something but no it was it was overhead projectors yes that's where grooviness really started that's right so several sequels and remakes have been planned over the years for this movie. Mm. After Jane Fonda and the director weren't together anymore, he actually was planning a sequel starring Drew Barrymore. Oh, that would not have been good. <laughs> and then there's going to be like some, you know, remakes. Like mm. they all sounded like they were going to be bad and none of them have come to fruition, thankfully. That's good. There is one sequel project that I would be curious. Jane Fonda has said that she has some story ideas for a sequel to oh. take place after the movie end. But her take on Barbarella would be a lot more feminist mm. than the original Barbarella was. Mm. And I would love to see that. Like a sequel by Barbarella, like written, possibly even starring Jane Fonda. I mean, she's 83, so <sighs> she probably doesn't want to wear those outfits anymore. Right. Although if she did want to wear those outfits, I mean, you know, she's still not bad looking for an 83-year-old. But yeah, I would love to see a Jane Fonda sequel. And you know, in the movie, Duran Duran's actually only 25 years old, but he wow. looks much older because he explains that the evil made him old. I could never have recognized you. I thought you were only 25 years old. What happened? Well, the madness is not without its effect. But you've aged 30 years. The madness has its own means of nourishment. And in return, it teaches us truth. 
Oh, yeah. So maybe in the sequel, the reason why Jane Fonda is 83 years old or Barbarella is 83 years old is because she was like affected by the evil Mathos. Mm. It could work. Jane Fonda, if you're listening, Jane Fonda's not listening. <laughs> but Jane Fonda, if you're listening to our podcast, please make the sequel to Barbarella. Nobody else should be allowed to make a sequel to that movie except for Jane Fonda. She's the only one, I believe. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I wanted to show you this movie for such a long time. And yeah, I'm... I know. You've been, you've been talking about it. I know this. And I don't know why we didn't watch it till now. It's yeah. fun, right? Super fun. That movie, it's different, but the movie reminded me of House. Oh, the Japanese horror film that we watched in an earlier episode of yeah. Weird Movie Club. Yeah. yeah. Some similar, you know, like featuring females and fighting against some evil stuff. Right. And that's about love. Love, And yeah. lots of like crazy psychedelic visuals in it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both very campy. Yeah. And kind of funny. Yeah. But with some darker themes it, underneath, maybe. You know, House has like uh, underneath that war, you know, dark, strong message. Yeah, it has some, a bit of commentary about war. Yeah. You think there's some commentary from Barbarella? I think there's a little bit, but I think the makers of Barbarella probably didn't want the audience to think about it too much. I think right. this movie was really just created to be visually spectacular and mm. fun. And oh, we haven't even talked about the music. Oh, the music. The yes. music in this movie is so good. So good. Apparently, they hired another composer to write music for the whole movie and they weren't happy with it. It was like maybe too serious and they threw that mm -hmm. away and they came up with this more kind of groovy rock themed soundtrack and it's just so much fun. Mm. Like you could totally just listen to this. Like the visuals are so good. Yeah. The visuals are so good that you might think I could turn off the sound and just enjoy the visuals. But the music's so good that you could also turn off the visuals and just enjoy the soundtrack. Yeah, it could be really like super well-made creative music video. Yeah, there have actually been several artists who have made music videos that were inspired by Barbarella where they kind of ripped off oh. Barbarella style to make like a fun music video. Cool. But ironically, that music wasn't as good as the music that is in Barbarella. So right. really, you're better off watching Barbarella <laughs> if you want some really good music. Right. So they hired a lot of musicians to play music and one guitarist that they hired to do some of the guitar mm. was David Gilmore, who is the guitarist for Pink Floyd. Wow! That's just a cool Neat. little piece of trivia. Neat. But yeah, the soundtrack is just great. There's lots of songs in the movie, and the songs are great, but just the music during the action scenes, like when the angel and Barbarella are flying through the sky, like the music in those parts are so cool. Mm. I also noticed the music when they're in the labyrinth, it's like kind of this hard, like, -dur -dur. again, it is a little bit similar to the music from the 1980s movie Labyrinth starring David Bowie. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's, maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but to me, yeah. there's a bit of a similar feel. So um, again, I wonder if they were inspired a little bit by Barbarella. Yeah, artists get inspired and inspire others constantly so it's totally possible David Bowie's outfit in that movie also looked a bit like the kind of outfit that Barbarella might wear yeah so yeah. there's that yeah I also noticed similarities between the story of this movie and the story of Apocalypse Now I'm sure there's no real connection but you know in the story of Apocalypse Now a soldier is sent to find a commander who's lost in the jungle and it's like a big long trip to find him and then when he finds him he turns out to be evil but so you haven't seen Apocalypse yeah. now and it's not a weird movie Okay, which means you'll never get to watch oh, it no, for yeah, the rest of your bad. life it's only weird <laughs> movies that's Sari's punishment for <laughs> all of eternity is that now she can only watch weird movies oh no I'm just kidding Oh, it's not a punishment oh right you it's get a pleasure you, but how long can you withstand the pleasure <laughs> <laughs> can you last as long as Barbarella uh, lasted in that scene I don't know. <laughs> Um, she did look like she was having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Did she sink after that? You know, I think she didn't have time. Right. Because course. she had to, you know, she was with Duran Duran and they had to run off to the queen. And, but no, so maybe maybe that was a little bit too much for her. Not so much that yeah. she died of pleasure, but maybe it was like more than she would have preferred. Right. I really liked that, uh, you know, after the machine was destroyed and like Duran Duran yeah. was so mad, but she kept asking to give her like you know clothes back like can I have boots and he's just giving it 
I guess she went into the machine fully clothed. Yeah. And the machine removed her clothes and spit it out. Right. And then when she got out of the machine, she's like, can I please have my clothes back? And even though he's really angry, he hands her clothes. Yeah. But he doesn't hand her the clothes she was already wearing. He gives her a completely new outfit. Oh, that's that's right. So that was, uh, yeah, yeah, another costume change. Yeah, he just happened to have another outfit lying around that was her size and gave her that instead of her clothes, which were just lying on the ground beside the machine. Funny. It's not the whole of the story. That's the delight of the story. Yeah, I mean, that's what gives her her power. That machine, even though she enjoyed it, mm. it was rather nice, as she put it. Yes. It's sort of nice, isn't it? She needed to be healed. And the only way Barbarella can heal is by putting on a new outfit. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. That's, that's where yeah, she gets yeah, yeah. all of Barbarella's yeah. power comes from fashion. Yeah. You, and then her injury, the injury will be cured immediately. Yeah. And that's of course, her main weapon, she has various weapons that are taken from the weapon museum because that's the only place where you can find weapons in the future. Right. Even though she does use weapons, her greatest weapon is love. Yes. Love. Angels yeah. don't make love. They are love. They are love. But what about Barbarella? She's love too. Barbarella is love. Yeah. Duran Duran, he's not love. No. Although he, he did invent that machine for torture, but I'd like to give it a try. Yeah. At least for a few minutes, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Might I be don't good. Know. Maybe it's too long. <laughs> a few minutes. Maybe. I mean, it just it depends on who he, because he plays the piano and maybe you wouldn't oh, want to yeah. go for a really classical music, but if a nice, like, little, like, kind of calm pop song might be uh, nice. The beginning was really nice, kind of a bit more classical music and then it gets into more rocky. It really depends on the tempo of the music. And you know, when he's playing the piano, he has to play it so hard to try to defeat her that yeah. he actually gets kind of sweaty and rough <laughs> too. <laughs> right. I think he might have actually suffered more than Barbarella uh, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scene. Yeah. So do you think this movie has any hidden meaning or message or anything like that? I think the message is all about love it is about love free mm, love just the regular kind pure love <laughs> pure love innocent love innocent love because Barbarella has sex with a bunch of different people in this movie mm. in the comic book she also has sex with a robot but that was omitted in the movie okay do you think she loves any of them like do you think she loves Pygar or do you think she just like kind of loves everybody she loves everybody she's more like a muse yeah right she doesn't stick to one person because she loves everybody she just spreads love wherever she goes yeah yeah that's her character she's a people pleaser right she likes making people happy yeah and she cares yeah she has a good heart although she did seem a little bit bitter about the evil queen yeah why did you save her although who knows what happens after that but i imagine that barbarella and the the queen probably become friends afterwards yeah i think so i think they both they all go to the earth maybe maybe they go back to earth Because the planet was basically destroyed, right? Basically, yeah. I don't know if it was the entire planet or if it was just the city. I hope that Professor Ping is all right. He was shot and disappeared into dust. Right, so he's not okay then. Yeah, I was really shocked those kind of one of fun characters were actually killed. If only he had protected himself by hiding inside an invisible box. You know, there's a whole scene with an invisible key. Yeah. And an invisible wall. Yeah. So there's a lot of miming involved in those parts. <laughs> and they had the world's most famous mime in the movie, and he wasn't in, in any of the miming scenes. Yeah. Jane Fond is especially funny, but I think all the actors in this movie are really funny. The guy yeah. who plays Dildano, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's super funny. <laughs> We used the theme song for Barbarella as pre-show music for Space Hippo. Yeah. So you've heard that song many, many times. Yeah. It's a good song. It's catchy, isn't it? It it is super catchy. I mean, I think Barbarella is a strong, powerful woman, but she's not really, is she? She, you know, she basically just lets things happen to her. Yeah, and she's a bit more, she's, you know, she's fragile too. Yeah. (laughs) She shows skin, so she looks, she's physically vulnerable. She's not protected. She's not wearing body armor. Yeah. I don't think her outfits are made for protection. They're made (laughs) as fashion statements. 
and the purpose of spreading love. And there are several times where she's noticeably uncomfortable in the outfit, <laughs> like the tail, <laughs> the fur, which I love that we actually see the face of the alien creature that that fur was made out of. That's such mm. a nice little detail. So many like fun, cute, little clever details in this movie. Yeah. Superhero movies now are all really, really dark. They don't make yeah. fun, light movies. If Barbarella was directed now, I don't know if they even would make her less sexy, but what I think they would do is they would make the violence darker. The message wouldn't be about <laughs> yeah, that was my the point I was trying to make in the beginning. Right. Like lots of recent shorts really focus on violence and death and yeah. you know harm. Yeah. And you know they're good ones I know, but maybe it shouldn't be all about that. <laughs> The reason why I actually love these kind of sexploitation movies is there's so many movies that have tons and tons of violence and they're considered to be fine and people like let kids watch them like mm. all these dark superhero movies mm. where Batman is just murdering hundreds of people with a machine gun and people take their kids to watch that. But if you have some boobs in something, <laughs> kids can't watch it. Mm. I always thought, why is it okay to show the violence but not have sexy stuff? Isn't this... Mm. Isn't sex nicer than murdering people yeah these movies are kind of vilified but really i think they're kind of wholesome barbarella is a, a wholesome movie i think it has like good morals it, it's about good over evil love versus violence yeah it's all from good heart current stuff is like there's no innocence but it's depressing it is depressing people don't want to write characters or make characters that are completely innocent and naive anymore it used yeah. to be a thing like the whole Pollyanna genre. There's a little girl and she's innocent and everybody else is miserable and she comes in and she points out like obvious things and like everywhere she goes, she spreads joy and makes people happy and she's always optimistic. That's the whole Pollyanna uh. thing. And Barbarella is really kind of a Pollyanna kind of movie. Yeah. Where she just goes around and I mean, it's not quite the same as Pollyanna. She doesn't really solve problems. She mostly like just gets abducted and saved <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I mean, I guess that part is a bit sexist. It would have been nice if in the movie Barbarella had done a bit more on her own mm. but you know she helps guide a blind angel while shooting at like spaceships oh, yeah. with like a gun that's pretty badass yeah but yeah, isn't it nice with like all this darkness to have just some kind of lighter nice entertainment yeah I really I really think it shouldn't be all about you know dark characters I wanna believe there's some still innocence in this world believe there's still some good in the world yeah and also visually so so many movies are like dark and gritty and like there's so many movies where you can't even see anything to create this world that's kind of bright and full of crystals and a fun visual world that's kind of spacey and groovy like i just missed that aesthetic mm. why can't we just make movies look a bit cheerier yeah why do they like there's so many movies where you can't even tell what's happening because it's so dark what? you know david lynch is famous for making his movies really dark like a razorhead but in razorhead you can still see stuff <laughs> It's not like the last, you know, second last episode of Game of Thrones where it's two hours of like <laughs> you just squinting and trying to figure out what's happening on the screen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I guess let's wrap things up. Mm. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep it weird. Movie Club. Thank you so much for listening next week. A movie is the man who fell to Earth. That's right, The Leg. The next episode's movie is The Man Who Fell to Earth, the 1976 British science fiction film directed by Nicholas Rogue and starring none other than David Bowie, based off of the novel by Walter Tevis. Until next time, an angel is love.